Welcome to the PM Growth Expert Show, where we not only give you strategies, hints, and tips on how to grow your rent roll, but we also interview leading experts from around the planet. Now, for 40 ways you can grow your rent roll without having to worry about relying on salespeople or expensive search engine optimization, just go to pmleadsecrets.com. That's pmleadsecrets.com for our free book. All you've got to do is pay for shipping. Take care. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. Before we get into our podcast, just want to do a quick shout out for Inspection Manager. What an amazing inspection app platform that they have. And they're really excited at the moment with their tenant assisted routine inspections, where your tenants in the convenience of their own time frame and in the convenience of their rental property, they can be getting you through the app inspections, um, their own inspection or their own photos that they've done. Now this is going to help you, particularly if you're in lockdown, but what we've also found as businesses have come out of lockdown, um, they've found that perhaps they can do maybe one or even two of these inspections a year, aside from scheduling their normal routine inspections. The next step, really go and have a demo, have a look for yourself and make a decision where this could actually work for you too. So go to inspectionmanager.com, request a demo and check it out. Hi, it's Dennis Yusuf here from Inspired Grove Training and I have got Jonathan Bell with me today, all part of the Grow 100 Expert Challenge. And Johnny, mate, I've got to say thank you for coming on board. We met I'm going to say 12 months ago for the first time, we had a good old conversation, good friend of um, ours and award-winning BDM, Jesse Hall, introduced us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, mate, thanks for coming on board. It's awesome having you along. Um, now, I've got to ask before we hook into things, right, I've got my way of getting to know people. Everyone knows my personality. Everyone knows I am a coffee lover. Is it tea or coffee for you, buddy? Neither, Dennis. Okay, so we're going to cut the recording now. <laughs> <laughs> Neither. Come Neither. on. I don't drink hot drinks. Okay, what about an espresso martini? Yeah, I'll I'll put one that put one of those down if I need to. <laughs> okay, espresso martini. It is. I was then going to go to the affogato, but espresso martini. That's what it is. That's what we'll have when we catch up next time I'm um, back up in Brisbane. So uh, that's good to know. Now. I might turn up to your office one day, just rock up. I, like, I'm kind of hoping there's at least a good coffee shop nearby. Yep. Just down the road, literally. Perfect. 100 metres away. Excellent. Sign-ups? Do you do sign-ups there? Um, I haven't, actually. I've met, I've met a lot of people there. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, no, actually, I can't say I have. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is, right? So... Johnny, what did you do before you joined real estate? Like, I mean, you know, I know you're only um, fairly young and, and people are going to be really impressed with um, what you've done as we, you know, get on into this. Yeah. But, um, you know, what did you do before real estate? Um, I was wanting to be a professional tennis player. That was my childhood dream. Um, yeah. So from about 12 years old, I went on a tennis trip and I, I got recruited by Richard Howes, who was a, a tennis gun back then, and, and he was a coach. Um, and I was playing AFL and tennis, and he basically said that there was an opportunity, and, and I, I ran with it. And I, I basically, from 12 till 18, tennis was my life. Like, I just 
I played four to six hours a day and um, it was it was genuinely something that I was striving towards. And throughout that, I actually met some really influential people in my life who were involved in property um, and they helped me get interviews and with property. And so it really was, I was um, tennis player to tennis coach to property. So they're really, I wasn't doing much um, business-wise before I got into property. Okay. Yeah. Look, I love sport, mate. I'm, I'm a sports nut. I just yeah. like love any sport. If sport was about paint drying, if red was going to be blue, <laughs> I would watch it, right? I just love sport. Did you play with or against anyone that we know, like, you know, some, some big people out there? Um, I had a few training sessions um, with, um, who would you know? Um, John Millman? Yep, John Millman, yep. Yeah, I, I hit with him a few times and I was very nervous because he was much better than me then. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, ha I had a few hits with him. My coach was the same coach as Pat Rafter. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we, we had to set her. He's the one who got me into tennis. Yeah, um, okay. And that was his, his coach throughout when he was younger in his teens. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, yeah, probably John Melman was someone who most people know these yeah, days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And, I mean, and Pat Rafter was one of the most successful Australian tennis players too, you know, yeah. player yeah. he was, you know. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. what got you into real estate then? Obviously, you know, tennis and, you know, what led you across to real estate? It's actually really similar to sport. It's competitive. Yeah. It's highly competitive. Like at the end of the day, you win or you lose a listing. Um, and I just, and it's, it's, it feels similar to the circuit. It really does. Like you go through seasons and um, yeah, I just, I think that when I got the taste of signing listings and, and, and then having to perform as well, like actually getting a listing, but then you actually have to deliver on what you've said. It's quite a, it, it is quite a thrill and I've never really felt like I've worked. Like it's all, it, it never felt like work to me. It's just been something that I've really enjoyed and I just, I just love the competitive nature to it. Yeah. 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 Look, it certainly is. It's, um, you know, I, I, I'm competitive as well um, as poor Darren and um, Michael, they, they know that it's yeah. the drive that just keeps you going. So I totally agree that it is certainly, you know, when you know you're up against another agent, yeah, you know, you're pitching for the business, that competitive spirit comes out, that drive, that passion. And yeah. the clients feel that, right? They know that. And when you're, you know, talking from experience and, um, you know, what you're doing and performing and they see that, then that trust value there comes. You know, yeah, 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 that that passion is something that I I think people can see it straight away. Like you, you're you're in it or you're not. Yeah, yeah. totally agree. So, okay, leading to my next question, then, what's your buzz about real estate? So, getting up at Monday in the morning, you know, um, early in the morning on a Monday, what is it that keeps you going that you want to? you know, do the hustle, as it says on the sign behind you. you know, what, what, what's the buzz? What excites you about, you know, day-to-day, -day, you know, real estate? You're putting me on the spot. Just a yeah. disclaimer, Dennis didn't send me these questions. <laughs> not send the questions and, I, and I, I meant not to send them. I'm glad the team didn't do it. <laughs> so, like, like your buzz, for me, you know, you've already put the hammer on the nail. Like, uh, my buzz... Um, just to help you um, with a guide on on the question, I used to love helping those tenants for the very first time get a property they'd never leased before. 
And I knew they'd be a really good executive style tenant too, right? And I knew that they were applying for a property with my rivals, but I secured them as a tenant. We mm. got them, you know, we got them for us. And then when I learned that you could do that for new business and in actually getting the property listing, I went, that's what I want to do. So my buzz was actually beating the rival agent, yeah. educating those clients to use us. You know, that was a huge buzz for me. Uh, and as a coach, it's now when you're about to share something that's about to change their lives, the way they think about real estate, and you can see their brains thinking, that's a buzz. When you yep. know that, wow, I never thought about doing that. Or, you know, it, it, there's just something about helping people for me um, and being competitive about it at the same time. It's brilliant. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, when I, I'm just thinking from now, because obviously owning the business, um, your responsibilities change and your passions change. So um, when, I, when I first started, like that buzz in property management and real estate, nothing's perfect. So every day I genuinely think you can get better. So like I'm, I'm quite critical on myself. So the buzz of being able to continue to get better and each time you do something, you can actually do it a little bit better and thinking about that work, that didn't work. Like it's really stimulating. Yep. Um, and there's so many moving parts to property management. So like you don't switch off. And I really enjoy that. Like I've, I've never wanted a job where you go to work at nine and finish at five. Like what do you do between five and 10 PM? <laughs> like I just love the constant nature of it. Um, in regards to property management compared to sales, I love property management because you're building long-term relationships. Mm. Like sales is a lot more transactional property management's genuinely you're building a relationship with someone and, and being able to then build a relationship where they can trust you and they take your word. Like, I think that's really rewarding. Um, and then at the moment, I'm like, as we grow, I'm really enjoying creating opportunities for my team. Like Maddie Tucker, who's my team leader and senior property manager, she started um, 12 months ago and we sat down today. And this time last year, it was just me. And now we've got a team of, I think there's like nine of us. Um, and being able to build opportunities for her within 12 months, go from a portfolio of 100 to building that um, to 200 plus then leading a team. Like it's, it is really rewarding being able to provide opportunities for, for people as well. So that's what I'm enjoying at the moment. Yeah, that's excellent. So, okay, tell us a little bit. Of, I mean, the growth that we're going to talk about that in a little while, like, you know, people heard it was you on your own 12 months ago. Now there's, nine of you so i look forward to us breaking that down a little bit yeah. more as we move along and um you know which is really exciting so um tell us about your office then tell us a little bit about your marketplace and um and, and you know even maybe a little bit about how your office is structured yep um well obviously in brisbane um our head office is in newstead i love newstead because we're not attached to a suburb i feel like if we went to ascot um, an inner ring suburb, you sort of get the label of that that suburb. So Newstead's really central where we can operate anywhere. So um, I think when I'm talking to landlords, they say, where's your office in Newstead? But we we service the whole of the south side or the north side. Um, and as we grow, I think that's a really central location where we can go everywhere. Um, yeah, it's structured in a way, property managers are so important and I don't think people realise how important they are. So in a normal residential real estate office, your top sales performers are the, 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 the top and have the hierarchy. For us, um, senior property managers are really important. So all of the property managers, they then have support under them. So ultimately, our property manager's job is to look after landlords. That's what they're engaged to do. 
So if they're doing tasks outside of looking after landlords and getting landlords the best result, I question why they're doing it. Their job's not to go and collect a key um, and spend an hour going and collecting a key and then meeting a tenant on site because the key is not working. Um, if that's going to add value to the landlord and provide a service, then yes, go do it. But that's really the core every day we talk about it. How can we continue to add value to landlords? Yeah, very well said, mate. Um, and just the hearing your passion in, in, in the way you're speaking so freely, I'm yeah. sure that all the listeners here are going to be able to catch that, um, you know, that from you and, and they'll be able to catch why, you know, you have been successful in it. So how many doors are you managing at the moment? How many properties are under management? A lot. <laughs> um, so- 660 with about 10 form sixes out, 670. By the yeah. end, hopefully, by the time we catch up tomorrow, Dennis, 670. Ah, challenge accepted. I look forward <laughs> to the question I ask. Uh, and we will be catching up for that espresso martini. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, brilliant. So, okay, now, you know, so you want to grow 100 doors, okay? So you want to get 100 managements. Um, let's say in the next 12 months, okay? Um, you know, you could say, you know, with your passion, um, you might say two months, but whatever it is, right? Even if you're starting from scratch now, Johnny, what would be your key two strategies, one or two strategies that you would put in place to hit 100 properties, to get 100 extra doors under management right now? And, and why would you choose them? Cool. Um Number one, low-hanging fruit. Um, Relationships that you've established, friends, and I know everyone in real estate says it, but friends, family, cousins, people you went to school, like that's actually the low-hanging fruit. And the conversation with them is, hey, and I think you have to believe it, you're currently being managed by X and they're charging you whatever it is, find out what they're getting charged. The first question I would, like I used to ask is, do you have a relationship with anyone there? You 90% of the time they say, oh, I don't know. Like it's been, it's changed three times. I don't know. Um, I'll give you, and then I'll just say, I'll give you my word that will provide a better service and you've got me to trust to look after your property. Like that, there's no, and, and it's literally one email. You send one email and that's all I need you to do. I'll come over and we'll sign the form six and we'll manage your property. And hopefully the fee is similar, so you're not having to justify paying more. But that that low-hanging fruit creates momentum. Um, and it means that you've got a story. Hey, I just went to this property and we signed it up. It was actually it was actually renting for 400, but we've actually in the last three months we've been able to increase it to 450, which increases the my landlord's return by two and a half grand a year. So you've got a story. Um, and I think low-hanging fruit is just not capitalised on. I really don't think that people understand the power of that relationships you naturally build where you're living. Um, and an example of that, Dennis, is I used to live in Barden. Within like two weeks of living in Barden, I had two managements on my street. And just by living there, and then in Hen- I moved to Hendra, and then now I've got five on my street. And that's just, so that's that's low-hanging fruit. They're your neighbours. Yeah. Yeah, so you're basically networking with your neighbours, letting them know what you do, what your experience is, yeah. and you're sharing those experience and wins that you've yeah. got. 
you yeah. know, and I think it's gold that you're talking about relationships. Yeah. You're asking, have they got a relationship with their current management or someone in the office? And um, that is the key. It's about those connections, connecting with people. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if I was to ask you, Johnny, how many contacts have you got in your telephone? Um, I would hope there'd be hundreds, right? I, I think it's like, I'll check. Yep. It's one of those things. It's our telephone is so underutilized, right? Yeah. Um, Two thousand two hundred and forty-one. Well done. You've probably yeah. got more than me. Um, I, I I wouldn't even know how many I've got in mind. So I'll have a quick look while we're talking. But while I, you know, I ask the next question that you've got, where do you find out? How does it tell you? And you um, go to the bottom. Go to contacts and then go right to the bottom. Oh, do you? Okay, I'll go right down to the bottom and I'll have a look. Anyway, but. Um, it's one of those things that, um, oh, oh, wow, 3,803. Wow. <laughs> well, you, mate, can I just say you're in real estate, right, in yeah. your core area and you've got over 2,000. I'm a global trainer. I should have more than 3,800. <laughs> okay, so um, you've done really well. So, um, But, you know, you've got two over 2,000 people in your phone. Mm. that you can ask you can just pick up the phone and and make a connection call with um, yeah. just to see where they're all at so I, I think that's really good so yeah. well done so yeah that low-hanging fruit i like the way you've worded that yeah uh, i think it's good you, you're working on your core people that are in your inner circle yeah right? wherever you are um yeah. whether you maybe, maybe there's there's don't move house from street to street to grow your rent roll okay um, because it's a costly expense for you. <laughs> well, keep keep moving because you can continue to build relationships in different suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So um, how many agencies would you, like, are, are typically um, in your core area? Like, uh, so, I mean, I know where you're positioned, you've got a suburb right around you, like you're in the middle of a circle, okay? So how many agencies would be in that area? I have no, I actually have no idea. I don't. I don't really pay any. I've, I've actually been too busy to pay attention to what everyone else is doing. But yeah. I actually, I genuinely, I'd say there's probably 10 operators, but I, I'd go all over Brisbane, Dennis. So I don't really have a, like there's probably I'd say there's 10 to 15, maybe 20. I would say you've got probably 40. 40, uh, yeah, yeah. Area. Yeah. And how many would you say that you, if someone says, look, I've got other agents coming. Uh, and then sometimes when you know you, you're coming up against other agents, how many would there be? Three, four, two, or maybe one? There's always, oh, there's usually four. I'd probably be the, there's four, I'm the fourth, yeah. so there's three others. Yeah, so yeah. there's four others that you, you're coming up against yeah. in, in that. So there's always that four. I think four seems to be that that typical number that what comes up. Now, what, what's your points of difference that you've got against those other agencies, your rivals? Yeah, I love um, I love going in for like I actually prefer when they say to me, I say, have you spoken to anyone else? I actually, when they say yes, I actually I say that's great because it's it's awesome because then they're selecting you and they're buying into your journey, they're buying into your agency. I prefer to go up against other people because they're picking you rather than if you're the only person. If something small goes wrong, then they've gone. I just. I'll look elsewhere, but I like them looking elsewhere up front. And then once they've picked you, I feel like they buy into your journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's that. And then what was your question? It was around what are points of difference? Um, we're specialist property management group. I think that's really important to, to highlight that the owner of the business, 
which is myself, is all my job is, is to make sure landlords are getting the best possible service. I'm not selling real estate. Um, property management's not my side hustle and it's not my, it's literally my job. So going in there and saying, you're speaking to the owner of the business and my pure job is to make sure we get you the most amount of money and we look after you. That's what my job is. To have the owner of the business do that, I think is really, really powerful. And that's probably the one point of difference that owners remember. Yeah. Yeah, they do want to feel like they are speaking to the boss at times, right? So yeah, and it's and even if you're not the boss, like you're the if you're the operations manager or you're the BDM, you're the best point of contact and you're the specialist in that field. Like being able to explain that to them, I think that's something that people don't do. They just come they just come across as the property manager. But saying you're a specialist, I specialize in building relationships with my landlords and specialize in securing the highest amount of rent. Yeah, well done. So, okay, so then you, you're coming up against these three, four other agencies and, and the owner, you know, you've come in last, right? Yeah. The owner, they might typically say to you, but the other agency had offered lower fees. Yeah. Match those fees. I'm more than happy to discuss fees with you, Dennis. I don't want to lose your business over a few dollars because I know that we'll get along really well. Um, let's sit down and actually structure how much rent that we're looking to achieve. And then actually sitting down and going, if you're, um, if we can achieve you an extra $50 a week over the course of a year, that's two and a half grand. I don't want to fight with you over $30, $40 a year when I'm trying to achieve $2,500 for you per year. So you're actually, it's, it's, when, they, when you say that, they, don't, they then feel a bit stupid because they're like, oh, I don't want to, I'm not going to fight with you. You're not going to fight with me. So that's, that's how I combat it. I sort of divert it to be able to build the relationship a bit further before we talk about fees. Um, and I, I genuinely believe we provide a service. It's tax deductible. It's $5 per week and it's tax deductible. And we're talking about a $500,000 investment. Um, it's not in my best interest or your best interest to discuss $5 a week. Well said. You know, you're basically showing them the value of how much money you can make them versus the fees that they're they're paying you know yeah. um yeah so that that's really good and and the confidence is just coming in there i wasn't saying we're doing a role play but you jumped into it with yeah. <laughs> it gave better value so that's yeah. good, you know yeah. uh and you closed right you actually said let's sit down you, you're closing me now all of a sudden yeah. i just really asked a question but you've got me to the you know in queensland they call it a form six you know so you've got me to that agreement you know, so which is really good. So you yep. can work all of that out. So, you know, well done. Um, so, okay, Johnny, if, you know, our, our, our recordings go to um, hundreds and hundreds of people around the world, right? And yep. we have a lot of people just starting up into the industry. They're just, you know, startups. So what advice would you give somebody that's just entering the real estate world? Yeah, and I still feel like I only started two years ago, so I feel like I still I still am a startup, like really. So um, I think that time is on your side when you're just starting up. So you've got the opportunity to provide genuinely the best possible service. So even though you're inexperienced or you're getting into it, I think giving landlords your commitment, and I think you can actually genuinely provide a better service if you're one listing. Like if you've got one listing, no matter how much even if you've got no experience, you can provide a better service than someone else who's got 25 listings, no matter how much experience they've got, because they've got so much on their plate. 
So I think having confidence to be able to know that you can provide a really good service, like that's, I, I probably, I wasn't very confident at all when I would go into those listing presentations, but looking back, the service that I provided them was exceptional because I had time on my side. Mm. Um, and building really good habits, building good systems, building good follow-up procedures and, and building that early while you've got the time. Because if you do it well within six months, it's gonna, your time slowly diminishes. Yeah. So, Johnny, obviously, when you first started the business, you recognised that time was a factor. That's something that naturally came to you, right? Um, but you value that so much still today for your new clients, even though you're at $670. So that's still something really important to you and your clients. Well, especially for me owning the business, if I can lease it really well and I can provide that amazing experience, the property manager has built, like they already love the business. So it's really, it's a really good smooth transition for my property manager, which is important for retention of property managers. So it has a ripple effect. So if you provide that service, I think you genuinely get a client for life if you provide them that service and you deliver on your promise all the way through until it's leased and it's really smooth, it's really professional, it's slick, you've done it quickly. If you do that, your property managers, they're halfway there. They just need to maintain that relationship. Yeah, well done, well said. Okay, Johnny, we're at the Inspired Growth Training Conference. Yeah. Right? You are part of the conference. Um, we're excited to have you on speaking at the conference as well. Yeah. Now, I tap you on the shoulder and I say, hey, Johnny, I need you to close the conference. You've got a minute to speak to everyone, a couple of minutes. You've got the top BDMs that are travelling around Australia, top business owners, property managers, leasing agents. Now, these people, they're serious about growth. What have you got? What advice can you give them in closing our conference Right. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to do this to you, right? <laughs> so don't. No, no, God. <laughs> I don't want you stressing on, you know. <laughs> I've got my person closing the conference already. But yeah. for the sake of this conversation that we're having and people listening, if you are closing the conference, you've got a couple of minutes, what advice would you give to those people? They've got your, you've got their 100% attention. They're there. They're listening to you. You're yeah got to close the conference and these people are all serious about growth what have you got to tell them the pressure's on no um so um i would i would say to probably two things you have to live and breathe it like i i wake up in the morning and the second i wake up i think about it until the second i go to bed but i love it i wouldn't want to think about anything else and it's important to have balance but you have to live and breathe it and i I text my landlords at 7.30 at night saying, hey, thanks so much for catching up today. Like automatically they're going, wow, like he's thinking about me outside of business hours. Or I text them at six o'clock in the morning. I'm saying, so sorry to text you so early. I just wanted to let you know that we've got an inspection booked in at 11 o'clock today. That is just something that no one else does. So I think you have to live and breathe it to be successful. And and I'm only just starting my journey, but you have to live and breathe it. And then... um, Number two is Yes Man. I love the movie Yes Man. And we talked about this yesterday, Dennis. I think that every opportunity that I, that came to me, I just would take it and I'd try and run with it. Every person who said, catch up for a coffee, I said yes. I think that um, it's arrogant and it and it will be, it'll create shortcomings if you think that you're too good to meet with someone or you're too busy. I think that at the end of the day, busy is just prioritizing. 
So say yes to every single opportunity and go and, and run with it and open, just open as many doors as possible because it really is a numbers game. So, you know, just to clarify and, and dig in a little bit deeper, the yes man is about those network meetings. Someone says, hey, you want a coffee? Yes, I do. You want a beer? You want a beer? Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to a meeting. Do you want to come? It's the yes man to get in front of as many people as you can and build those connections. Yeah, exactly. It's just if you build, if you, if you, I do, I always say three face-to-face meetings a day. If I can do three face-to-face meetings a day, really good stuff comes out of it. And it's enjoyable as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, you know, and if you can take one thing away from a meeting, it's not always about you um, trying to give. If you can take something away from the people that you're meeting with, it's a bonus. But um, I, I find the biggest success, Johnny, and, and um, you know, you're probably going to now start thinking about every conversation I've had with you here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to always ensure that I'm influencing you for the better. If there's one thing that I can just give you that aha moment with, you're going to remember it and you're going to think, wow, I look forward to catching up with him again next time. You've always got to add value in your network meetings, even if it's just giving him advice on social media or how to take a photo or whatever. I was at a property manager's that wine event the other night, um, you know, last week and and I was watching the people taking their photos. I'm going, guys, guys, hold the phone like this, do this. And then for the next hour, they're all running around taking photos. They, oh, that's right. The bars are created. So that's the memory that they've remembered, right? So, you know, if you can just influence someone in any conversation in whatever way in helping them, that comes back threefold. Totally agree. I don't, I, 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 I don't enjoy talking about every meeting. How's the market like? Carl, we've had this conversation with two other people today. Let's not talk about how the market, the market's strong. Everyone knows that. Like, let's, no, I totally agree. Like, let's talk about genuine things that we can add value to each other's lives. Great. Uh, I mean, Johnny, you can clearly see that you are a person about connection. You're about building relationships, connecting with your clients and your staff. Like, that's, that's awesome that, you know, that you're doing that as well. Uh, Before the recording, just so everyone will know, you know, um, Jonathan was actually sending something to his staff, you know, and you, you touched on it. It was a motivational, um, uh, whether it was a meme or a quote or whatever it was, but you send out something to them daily. Is that what you're doing as well? Every, nine o'clock every morning, we call yep. it a group huddle and everyone logs on from nine to 9.30 and we share some and each person each day has to give some words of wisdom or I call it some life advice. So everyone and and um, a nineteen our nineteen year old reception's advice was if you're not going to waste um, five years on it why waste five minutes on it like that comes out like that type of to start the day I just love everyone being able to add a bit of value to each other continued development on a daily basis and, and do you know what for a nineteen year old she's got she she would have had to go and read ten other quotes to find that one right yeah. so the, the value there is just phenomenal yeah. Um, Johnny, what's the best way? You're happy for anyone to reach out to you? What's the best way for people to reach out if they've got questions or they want support? Right? You you could be their mentor, you know. Yeah. What, 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 you know, I could be losing my job here, but um, <laughs> reach out to you. No, I'd love to help. I mean, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, um, any of those, or email call. Um, I'm always free. And I, I had... Dennis, you've been very influential on me and I've had some really, been very lucky to have people support me. So I'm happy to answer any questions and I'm only starting my journey as well. It's only two years old. 
No doubt. And I'm, I'm licking my lips for things that we can do for you too. It's exciting. It yeah. really, I mean, you, you're certainly paving the way and um, stamping your foot on the, um, the industry. You've been on one of our podcasts before as well, which is really good. So, you know, thank you very much for having us on board. I will not be playing against you in tennis because I hate losing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe ping pong, but yeah. uh, not tennis. <laughs> You know, um, I, I've learned my lesson on that um, that one there. Uh, Darren can share a story um, that uh, we were in um, Florida one year, 2018, we we're in Florida, and Darren tapped me on the shoulder and goes, do you know how to play pool? I didn't know if he was a shark or not. Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I know how to play pool, right? But I wasn't going to tell him that. <laughs> but with you, I know you can play and I'm not playing tennis. Maybe on the Wii. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, your passion for the industry certainly is coming out. Um, love hearing your journey coming along. So, you know, thank you very much for being part of, you know, the Grow 100 Expert Challenge. You certainly are an expert. And, um, yeah, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Dennis. Really appreciate all your support.